tonight on the 6 o'clock news. TV evangelist Barry Bottombutton apologizes to his congregation after being arrested with two male prostitutes and a Dixie cup full of crack cocaine. Oh, Lord, I have sinned before you in my congregation, and I have brought condemnation upon the righteous and holy sanctuary. All right, bitches. After a uh, hiatus away from the podcast, I am back. So I re-welcome you to the Anahata Singularity. Okay, so if you're a regular listener, you'll know that the primary focus of my podcast is to try to impress upon you the importance and power in small acts of kindness. Well, there is a fundamental flaw in my theory, and it is this. The system, the matrix, or whatever you want to call it, always appends anything good with negative connotations. Always. In episode four, I talked briefly about how the term or concept of spiritual awakening has had an unrealistic and possibly meaningless image attached to it. I believe it was in episode one that I had to make the distinction between the honorable term being awake and the trending term woke, which is nothing but a slap in the face to anyone attempting to raise themselves to some higher level of vibration and understanding. And so it is with people who try to make the world just a little better than it currently is. This system has lots of terms for them. Let's try out a few. Sucker, do-gooder, water walker, and my favorite, hypocrite. These are all terms which implant within each person a seed of self-doubt. For instance, someone might feel inclined to make, make a difference in the world, but might stop on the thought, uh, who am I to try to change the world? I've got two ex-wives and three children who no longer speak to me. I'm a real piece of shit. And it might not be how they actually feel. They're just presuming that's how bystanders who know them might feel. This idea is to keep people fully immersed in misery, and it really works. Let's look at a couple of examples to see how this seed is planted. How many of us grew up with Bill Cosby? How many of you feel that that man really added to your childhood in a very positive way? That time with him through the TV was part of the foundation of your childhood. In a time when race baiting and feminism was just starting to sink its claws into the fabric of society, we all loved him, no matter what color or gender we were. None of us paid any attention to what color he was, and of course, none of us were concerned at all with what he might be doing in his, in his personal life. Well, the system had other plans for him and for you. Now, the person I just described was publicly torn down, and that had a very powerful effect on you psychologically. It was designed to do that. It made you more cautious about who you deem wholesome or good. And remember, everything here is designed to keep you confused. Alan Watts. Now, there was a great man. If you ever get an opportunity, please sit down and just listen to him speak. He'll draw you right in. What he has to say will feed your soul. Powerful, life-changing words from a brilliant man. Well, not so fast. 
because he was alleged to be a lifelong alcoholic. So it could be said that even he didn't really believe anything that he said, right? Probably best not to listen to him, right? I've actually heard people say that. When someone has something to offer the world, we immediately pin our vision of what we think such a person should look like and how we think they ought to live. I've got news for you. You were programmed to think this way. The system knows very well that no one can live up to those expectations. There's no Buddhist monk who doesn't lose his fucking mind from time to time and punch a hole in something. In the story of Christ, a compassionate creature full of unconditional love, went into the temple, saw some shit he didn't care for, and flipped his fucking wig. What's missing from the story is all the self-righteous pricks in the immediate vicinity probably saying, see, I told you he wasn't as great as everyone thinks he is. No one's perfect. No one. We think there's a, such a thing as someone who is, but there's not. But we keep looking for them, don't we? The wait for the Messiah or a Savior will never end. What prompted this episode is two incidents on social media, two polar opposite conversations. The first was a very kind person who said she thought that everything that I say, everyone should hear. Although I'm honored that someone would feel that way, I caution people who start down this path that puts anyone on a pedestal. That's the first stage of losing your way and getting discouraged on your path to make the world a better place. I'm a person just like you, just as flawed as you, and consequently, I am inevitably going to say something that you don't like. Trust me. I ask instead that you see me as just some asshole who says a lot of things and that you share with the world those things that you feel will help in some way. Now, this other encounter was entirely different. I happened to see several people posting something to the effect we can all come together, but there has to be accountability. Not stopping to see the context of the statement, I made a comment saying that I felt that anyone who would make such a statement has absolutely no intentions of unity. And I still stand by that, by the way. So this person starts to become really vocal about that comment. I mean, all over it. Highly critical of my opinion. You could tell she was making attempts at not flinging poo, which didn't last very long. And then the insults came out. Lovely young lady in real life, I bet. So I went back and did some digging around and found that the statement to which I had made a comment on happens to be an idea trending within the political left, i.e., we'll get along with you at some point, but you're going to need a good ass-kicking first. She went on to say that she had gone through my post and thought that I had no right to talk about unity because some of the things I say is proof that my message is less than unifying. Here's the part where I feel I should state that I'm not a guru. I'm not your fucking priest. I'm just a person just like everyone else, a person who'd like to see the world transformed into a better place, and I'm trying to figure out what that means and how to accomplish it. I have my own hang-ups and my own prejudices. However, I've decided to attempt to work around those things and bring whatever light I have to the world in spite of those things. Now, this might sound funny and it might shock the shit out of some of you, but there's a fact that most people just can't face and it's that they're a piece of shit. We all are in some way. 
But that shouldn't stop you from finding the light that's within you, however small it might be, and shining it into the darkness of the world. It could be as small as making an effort to smile at everyone you see in spite of the fact that they appear to be a miserable prick, in spite of the fact that you might be a miserable prick yourself and you're not really feeling like smiling. I talk often about small acts of kindness. Believe it or not, it's the little things that bring the most joy into people's lives and the smallest things that set them off. So do little nice things. As far as all of us being a piece of shit, I'd like to read you a piece of dialogue that came from a documentary called I Like Killing Flies. It's a documentary about a guy who owns a restaurant and the dude is actually a brilliant philosopher. I encourage everyone to search for it and watch it. I'd like to be able to put my favorite clip on here that I actually feel frames this episode, but this whole copyright thing is off the fucking chain, so I'll just have to read what he said. Here goes. Quote, The first duty of everybody in life is to realize they're a piece of shit. They're selfish. They're self-centered. They're not very good. And that you're willing to sacrifice 20,000 people in another country just so that you can go to a Wings concert. You've sacrificed the lives of 100,000 Chinese female babies just so you can rent this camera and do your stupid art project. No problem. You're a piece of shit. Once you realize you're a piece of shit, it's not so hard to take because then you don't have this feeling that you're a good person all the time. And let me tell you something. Feeling like you're a good person all the time is like having a brand new car with no scratches on it. It's a real responsibility, which is almost impossible to live up to. Being a piece of shit and occasionally doing something that's good and true is a much easier place to be. I think that's really important, and I always tried to raise my children to understand they're not that terrific, and that not being terrific, that's okay. Because most people who say they're terrific, Bill Clinton, Cardinal Egan, anybody you want to talk about, they're not terrific. Martha Stewart, they're not so fucking terrific either. And there's nothing wrong with being not so terrific. In fact, it's what the whole ball game is about. It's about being not so terrific and accepting it. End quote. Let me end this episode with this concept. You want to make a change in the world, but you don't know how to go about it? There are 1,440 minutes in a day. If you're normally an asshat for all of those minutes, make a conscious effort to be kind to someone for just one of those minutes every day. Feel free to continue being an asshat for the remaining 1,439 minutes. What you did in that one single minute will by magnitudes have a greater effect on the world than the misery you bring this motherfucker for the rest of the day. I promise you that. See you pieces of shit in the next one. Love you guys. <laughs>